How's the show been for you, Dave? Well, the show's been great. I've been working, selling backpacks. <laughs> Yeah. So you are. Uh, you, you you know, it's nice to walk around here without an agenda. I came here with no plans, right. no podcast to uh, scheduled, no meetings scheduled. I'm just seeing the people that I need to see, um, running into people that I didn't know, friends, yeah. and uh, making those connections. So I came here with zero plan, and it's been awesome. Wow. We did have a few plans. I would say it's probably more similar to what you're doing. Um, and it, it, because of the fact that we were, you know, we're sitting back here behind the Hoyt booth just doing podcasts, um, we knew we wanted to talk. Like, I, I knew you were going to be here, so I, I definitely wanted to. You jumped in with us yesterday and um, talking to Willie, which, how much fun did we have last night? Going to dinner. You know, it was, just nice, catching catching, it was nice catching up and, yeah. and spending time. And we spent many years together and we've gone different directions in regards to the, the show, but. You know, we still talk often and and pray that each other's doing well and, and successful and just keeping up on each other's stories and, and where we're going. It hasn't right. really changed it hasn't changed the friendship, it just changed the oh, dynamic no. of what we're what we're doing out yeah, there. Yeah, we were talking last night about how it's uh, the relationships we have, it's not you don't get together and, and whine and complain about how little you've talked you jump right back into the exact same spot you were when you left each other last get caught back up glad to see each other hoping you can plan a hunt for the future you know get get in the same camp share a camp again together and um there's not the pressure of i you know it's it's not one of those friendships that takes so much work because it's just a relationship that's going to last a lifetime so it's really easy for us um to get back together and do that but uh yeah, Western Hunting Expo is is definitely a good show for that here. And, you know, um, you know, we get questions all the time. Where's Dave? How's Dave? What's Dave doing? Why don't you feel everybody kind of in on, on what you're doing and, and life and how things are going and, and uh, you know, what you got in the works? Yeah, life has been really dynamic. Things with the R&K have been going wonderful. We started up a... A new ranch, um, a new operation, about 40,000 acres that's due east of a current, uh, their current uh, Chalk Creek operation, and then uh, not very far from the Wyoming operation, the Queen Mountain Ranch, uh, that I was running for a number of years before. And so uh, they, Daniel asked me if I would take over this, you know, running this ship and steering this, navigating and it's been great uh so that was this last year um life has been very dynamic still working on the fitness aspect you know the training to hunt um weddings are still going like crazy but no two days are ever the same for me there's always something new something different i'm always keeping my feelers out there to uh you know for other opportunities i won't be going down to new zealand this year for the outfitter i was working for last year due to some booking uh, challenges um, in the in the size of the groups it doesn't warrant me going down there right because uh, you were there for two months last two year. months yeah no right. changes in the in the friendship or or you know the the desire to have me down there just doesn't make sense for either one of us to you know to, to schedule something and then pay for me to be right. in a place that I would sit around in between something so that uh, will is going to change a little bit so I'm putting my feelers out there to find other opportunities for say the April and May type category. Um, just really excited to get back 
back up to Thousand Peaks for this fall. Last year was so successful um, in regards to uh, not so much on filling all the tags, but in the success of how our clients enjoyed their time there. Well, and, and part of that first year, it, I mean, it's got to be you getting used to, you know, how it goes and uh, every every set of ridges and, and, and valleys and I mean, it, it's going to have its own ecosystem there and, and how are deer moving how are elk moving now, you've got a scout for your clients which you start in July I know but there's something about multiple years experience there mm-hmm. that you can lean back on I know some of the property that that we you and I actually went and hunted years and years and years ago and then you ended up running that operation or helping to helping Daniel with it um, and you know th- just the experience you got from those years and years of doing it it's, it's got to be invaluable yeah, it opened be, up some great it opened up some great doors and uh you know, it's just kind of changed life. I mean, that was the big, there was no, there was nothing wrong with Outback Outdoors. No. It was just, as my guiding increased, it just changed the dynamic of how and where I needed to be at certain times of the year. And, um, and uh, you know, that's where the guiding. Well, and can, let's, I mean, I think we can be quite honest. Like you, like you went back on, you know, talking to a podcast where we had, uh, you know, Phelps. And yeah. we were talking about you know direction in life and for me liking to give back not so much doing my own hunts but to Mm -hmm. to to change people's lives through the experience that i can i can give them on the mountain and that's kind of the direction i wanted to wanted to go with that yeah Uh, and and for me i uh, i'm in a a hundred percent selfish way i miss the times we spend on the mountain together in camp together hunting together giving each other a hard time. I mean, that, that those are things that I miss because of the friendship. The, Me guiding you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Me telling you to quit trying to guide. Me and let me just kill this deer. You could have killed that buck. <laughs> I could have killed him with a knife. You were that close. So I think for me, that, but I mean, that's a selfish thing. But I'm okay with admitting that that's a selfish thing because we're friends and, and I, that means I don't get to spend as much time in the wild in camp on stocks watching you go on stock you know all that stuff sharing those memories so but yet on the flip side you're also in a, a situation where you are doing bigger things the your sphere of influence although yeah you affected people when you're on the show but the one-on-one that you spend with those clients of yours in the mountains investing in them investing in their adventure but then also investing in them as with their life we've talked about in individual yeah, yeah individuals not just yeah. on the hunting aspect but uh, being there to hey you and it it's fun impacting people's lives on something that's not hunting related while you're out hunting yes you know and there's that that right there is almost my platform not that i'm looking for a platform but it's it's my place my safe place my you know it's where my spirit is full it's where i feel feel great is in the outdoors and when i have these clients they may have issues that they know about issues that they don't know about and through conversation and you know inspiration or whatever it is we a lot of times solve solve issues or at least (laughs) or at least you're able to encourage them yeah 
inspire them. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of people that they go, um, we were talking about T-Bone and, and his idea, he got a great elk hunt, killed a good bull. And, um, you know, we talked about that story, but then his response to you was, you know, next year I want to do this again. I know what it's like now. I'm going to set goals to do this, this, and this so I can be more effective next year, even yeah. more effective. And if you do that and that makes a person healthier, happier, um, uh, you know, gives them more balance in life. More fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. That's it's huge. Like, you know, it's funny. People see see me and they know what I do, but they, I don't share a lot about the weddings that I perform and I perform a lot of weddings and whether they're a small elopement or a a giant 500 person wedding you get to be a part of somebody's life and uh, you know that they will always remember I get the and it's it's a big obligation and I take a lot of pride in that that it might be with a big wedding or a single guy on the mountain if you can touch somebody's lives and make life and make it uh, and improve it in some way that's that's great that's a great way for me to live maybe it's not for everybody but that's how i like to i like to live it right well tell us about some of uh i know you you in this it's actually freed you up because we've had in the past to be quite honest we've had the it's frustrating when it it's it's just a challenge when you have a show and there's three or four of us okay we have this partner and we're going to use XYZ product. Well, you have developed, or Adam has developed, or I have developed a, another partner on another good product, and you've created a relationship there. But then all of a sudden, because of the umbrella of the show in the past, it's been one of those things where we're like, well, we got to stick, we got to fly this flag. We can't, we can't, we didn't have the luxury of saying, okay, well, let's try all seven of these. And then you use what you like best, and we, because we're trying to just pay the bills. Yeah, and that, and that does make the, it that makes it tough because but, there's we have you know different things we like and mm-hmm. things that work well with us on the mountain. Whether not taking anything away from any other company because there's so many great companies out there, but what works you know for your style and your body. Um, and your particular situation. I, I always think of the meeting, the follow-up meeting after the first year we were with Cabela's and we were using their backpacks. And we walked into that meeting, remember, and you had your backpack that was basically the big, I think, 4,500 cubic inch or whatever that you packed out 22 animals with, and it was in a ball. Remember? And we put it on the table, and you basically <laughs> said to Cabela's people that were our good friends and still are our good friends, they're not at Cabela's anymore, but... If you don't change this, we will never use your backpack again because it was junk. And what did they do? They set back Ryan and all of those guys, Mac, and, and they said, what do we need to change? And you kind of, you had thought it through. I was really glad you had thought it through. And you kind of said, this needs to change, this needs to change, this. And the next year, although it, all of those things didn't come through, they did make efforts. Yeah. And, you know, but it was neat to be involved <clears throat> in... The process, yeah. if you will. Yeah, that that was uh, that was gratifying because we knew we were part of a, a greater, you know, future good. Right. And you know, it's all relative because for me, I'm packing a lot of animals off every year, and um, you know, a couple thousand pounds. Uh, I I measured it out last year, kind of a rough estimate of of how many thousand thousands of pounds of meat I hauled off the mountain. Well, then you have your other guy who only gets out maybe once 
or twice a year on a hunt and gets to pack out one animal and so it's all relative you know the uh the information we're able to pass on but also what's going to work for me is going to work different for that guy or for you just because of our individual situations talk me through dave your uh breaking down of the animal i mean there's lots of different ways out there if you want to know how to break down (laughs) an animal you can go on youtube and you can find a video but talk me through your clients just killed a bull elk okay and let's say you're four miles five miles from the truck talk us talk us through that process okay and i've had people ask me this before and you see all different you know uh strategies on what are they going to do how are they going to break it down are they going to gut it are they going to do the gutless method or the hell where are they going to start right so what i like this is my favorite way roll the animal deer elk antelope i i put them on their bellies and i zip right down from the tail all the way to the top of their head right on the spine right on the spine all the way up it's kind of going backwards from where people think coming in from the from the front side. I go right down the back, start folding, you know, the hide down on each side, and I'll go uh, run the knife along the spine, pull out the back straps really clean. Everything's nice and clean at that point. There's no, there's hardly any blood. There's no, definitely no guts, um, and I'm able to take out those two beautiful back straps and then once those are out i might get some of the neck meat up there at that time i'll lay it on one side and i'll i'll basically come from the spine and just cape right down to you know down to the hocks or down down you know to the lower leg so that as i pull that off i have now created a a clean blanket with the cape that i've come over that keeps a lot of the dirt off of these uh, you know, off of the meat. Now you have not barrel cut it. You haven't come, so it's a solid piece. Let's say it's on the left side. So you're on the left side, and you've come that down. You've all the way to the hawk, um, and I would assume it's still connected right so center if he, of the if belly. If he's doing, if he, it, it, sometimes it is connected in the center of the belly. You know, when you do a shoulder mount, some people they'll cut right around right, sure. the midsection first. But as I come down, I will split that so that the you know the the hind hide comes off on one side and the front shoulder hide comes off and although they can lay next to each other that is split ready for For, for the taxidermy but having that cape come down it allows me a place to put meat keep things clean Um, if the meat happens to you know the the heavy hind end of an elk happens to slip out of my hands at least it's not going in the dirt Um, it's you know on the hide and then what I'll do is I'll cape that off and before cutting off cutting off that hind or sometimes I will cut off the hind and the, and the shoulder and then fold the cape back over and then roll it onto the other side and do the if same that thing. makes sense mm-hmm. and I'll do the exact same thing okay. and then I can work on caping it off and it comes off a, a lot cleaner um, I like to pack uh, my first load usually is both hind quarters um, whether it's deer if, it, if it's deer I can usually pack up the whole deer you know, in one go. So if you're um, talking if about it's an a, elk, a mature bull elk, so we're both hindquarters, where are you at, about 140? No. Well, maybe one, probably 150. But this is bone in, right? This is bone in. So, are you, are you, so are a hind you, are you of losing most of those, the... a hind of most of these bulls are, you know, 75 to 80 pounds. Right. You know, the ones that, that we're getting. I know some areas are a little smaller, some areas a little bigger, but we'll say 70, we'll say 75 75 pounds um and so 
you know, then I have my gear and everything else. The way I'm packing them, uh, you know, not to not to do a plug, but you know, my initial ascent pack, I'm able to hang each hind quarter off of each side, the left and right side of this pack, on the upper carbon fiber limbs, and so the 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 hind leg will fall down right next to my hip and be alongside my side. So what that's doing is the weight that's pulling down is keeping my spine in alignment and the weight is over my hip. So I'm I'm in balance. So my body's not having to compensate too much for aft for having too much weight on my back right. or, or anything else. So I know that's a a lot of weight for the two hinds but then you have your gear and everything else and there's a number of trips when I go out there if I've got to pack a bowl just myself I'll do both hinds and probably uh, the the back and the neck and the, the loins and then I'll do the front shoulders doing it the same way the head and the cape but it's not uncommon for me to do the head cape you know with the horns um, and the and the hind legs in one trip and then do do everything else after that because if it's efficiently done yeah, you know, are you cu- are you are you sawing off uh, the hooves? You know, just just even if it's uh, you know six inches of uh, the hoof on up to the, to where you're you're finishing no, so your right, cut. right below the bend in the front mm-hmm. and the rear leg, you That's can get cutting. through the right, joint yeah, with a knife. and it comes off really right, clean because yeah, sure, you want to make sure you sure. keep those tendons intact so you can hang. And I never I never bring a saw with me for for right. anything okay. so well that that's what i mean i didn't mean yeah you're actually no, sawing I, through the yeah. bone um so with that being <clears throat> said uh do, is there ever a time you bone it out in the field or w- are no. you guys you're because i watch you all the time especially like this last year and you do a really good job of social media when even when you're doing these things which i think people can learn from i think it's a very valuable tool um and then uh, along with the your porcupine uh videos that you do um <laughs> <laughs> Picking up porcupines. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Nobody said I was smart. <laughs> nobody did say you're smart. And I'm, I, I'm for sure not one of them. But uh, will you, so you don't see a need because of where you're at, the, the country you're hunting in, to, to debone it. No, and I don't like to debone anyway. Um, you know, it might be for some people where they'll, they like to debone if they're way in the back country. But I tend not to do that because... Um, I like to, once you send that knife through to the bone and you're, you're boning that thing out, well, now you've opened up the interior of your meat to uh, exposure to bacteria, you know, dirt, mm. uh, contaminants. Um, I would rather let it hang and get that nice clean sheath. Uh, you know that that's, that's skin to, that's around. skin to protect, and it also keeps it cool. Once you've cool, uh, uh, once you've cooled it down, you can actually have it in a warmer condition, maybe under a tree, and it's seventy degrees, but it's in the shade, and it'll actually help keep it. Yeah, well, there is a time and a place for boning out, but I don't, I don't know if I've done it more than a handful of times in in all my years of hunting, of you know to do that because. Once those contaminants are in, you know, that meat, now if you fold it back together, it's sitting in there. It's a warmer environment. Right. It can start to fester or, yep. or do whatever. When you take it to the butcher or anything else, now that has the potential to spoil and taint right. the meat that's ground up or, or however right. however it's done. But say you're, you have that hindquarter, you boned it out. Uh, packed it off it's been folded back together now you have to go through and you've got to clean the portions where the knives have, the knife has gone through and uh, you know maybe 
put some dirt or bacteria to get that out of there so that um, I just think it's a lot cleaner. And I don't mind carrying a little bit of extra bone off the mountain if it means I'm going to save the meat. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, we get asked a lot of questions. And uh, I know it's, it's fun because when we used to get together, Adam would do a lot the same way. Uh, you guys would just, you, you know, guiding as much as you do, you just jump in and do it because it's what you had been doing in, in that situation, October and October. You've been doing it since middle of August. Every week, every week, every week. And every animal that's down, you just jump in. That's your, that's your job. And um, we always laugh because I'm like, you know, stand, stand back because you could do it a quarter of the time it would take me. Because there's practice. There's repetition. There's, you know... Uh, but and then of course I didn't want to get cut because there's knives flying. <laughs> Stand it back. <laughs> but it's like that that whitetail in Nebraska. You know we went and hung it in a tree and 15 minutes it was freaking debone or not we didn't debone it but we, it was quartered up and boom it's in and then we were off hunting. You know. So well you, uh, you know and that's the thing is you know, no matter what trade it is you don't we'll just say for example you don't have a drywaller do a plumber's job or right. a plumber do the electrician's job right. and not that I'm. I've just become more efficient at doing it because I'm doing right. a lot of right. animals throughout the year, and that doesn't take anything away from you being able to do it, but you're like, you can do it a lot faster, and you love doing it. Yeah. I can hold I can hold the hide. You know, my, my real specialty comes in actually shooting the animals. I mean, I'm pretty, that's pretty much you See, that's where we make a great <laughs> team because I can't hit Jack, and maybe that's why I'm a good, those who can't hunt guy, no, I'm just joking because all you outfitters out there are probably so yeah. much better than me, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because in my guiding, I have become much better, uh, a so much better hunter because I've, I get to see so many different right. scenarios and I try different things. And I find that when I'm guiding, I push things a lot faster and harder than I do with a client than I do with myself. Really? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you think... Like I'll be more aggressive. I'll take more chances. With a client? With really? a client. I would have, think, I would have thought <laughs> I it would know. have been the other way. Mm -mm. Why do you think that... I don't know because then when I get in this situation and I go, oh, I got a chance to shoot this buck and I'm, you know, I get... I get all. Remember that hunt, buddy? <laughs> we're looking at. Uh, we're looking right now at. And in the Hoyt booth. Look, look at in the Hoyt booth, and we're looking at a big white tail coming out on a. You remember that? This is the white tail you smoked at 45 yards that didn't jump the string, and you started giggling like a schoolgirl. Yeah, we're watching. So, so in the booth they got a, a big screen TVs, and they're playing these loops of videos, and one of them is the hunt that Dave and I were on in Nebraska, where he's literally. Uh, you're about to go see Dave because Dave's across the uh, the way, and it was really fortunate in this shot, Dave, that Dustin was running on you, because you're just looking around, getting B-roll right, and then that's when you watch that, um, you watch that deer come out. I look out. at Dustin and I go, "There's a white tail. It's walking right by Trevin," and, and then and you're and watching, then you, watching, and, and then you like, said, "He's play at full, by, play he's by. At full draw." Yeah. No. Yeah, that was that, fun. That was fun. That Getting was back fun. to that conversation about, uh, I don't know why I take more, I, sometimes I'm more aggressive with, with clients than I am myself, but then when I get, you know, a bow in hand, the excitement, I'm totally calm calling in right, exactly. animals when I'm not the shooter, and that goes great, and then all of a sudden, I'm the one that has the tag, and I fall apart. <laughs> so, do you think, 
when you are guiding, I mean, you just get into the zone. Maybe that's where it is. And that's where, because you, you do it so much, you're so comfortable. And you, you know what most people you can get away with. When you're hunting, you're so into it, you're concerned with, that's why you're slower. I mean, because you're like, as a guide, you're here. You have no blinders on. You're seeing the whole picture because you're helping. Now the hunter probably has blinders on. He's probably tunnel visioned. So then when you become the hunter, I don't think you ever get real tunnel vision, but I do think that maybe you get more focused. Like you've told me in the past, you and Adam both have helped me because I do, I push it when I'm going. And you're like, slow down, slow down. You don't have to go that fast, especially in a spot and stock situation where they're bedded and we know they're gonna be bedded for a couple hours. Um, but for me, I'm just like, I want to get from point A to point B. Nothing's going to change unless I booger that animal. Well, by going too fast, you can booger that animal. So, I, you know, I, it's interesting. Interesting change of you. I would not have guessed that. I would have not have said, I would have thought it would have been the opposite, that you're actually slower with your clients because you care more about... Um, not them, but but well, just it's, about it's the situation. I, I've I've had good luck pushing it, pushing it harder. You know, there'll yeah. be there'll be a bull, and we'll just push right through the middle of the cows, and you know, I mean, it's just some weird situations that that I've uh, I've come into where I just uh, I give it a little. Not that I give it more effort, more or less effort, but I, the, the tactics kind of change and it opens me up to things I can apply in my, my, I'd be a lot more successful if I was guiding myself. Maybe <laughs> I should start guiding you. Maybe you should start guiding me. We, did, we, we, we were talking last night about some of these um, dream, I don't know if, it's kind of a dream hunt. You know, going to New Zealand, doing a DIY, uh, uh, New Zealand where, where, you know, you're going in and a bunch of buddies fly fishing a little bit, maybe taking our, uh, you know, the significant others or whatever. And you, and, but then you go in a hardcore couple, three, four day type of deal and, and, and then going and hunting some tar and, you know, hunting a, a wild stag. That would be fun. That'd be yeah, fun. It'd be, it'd be good. We, we do need to get back together and, um you know put together a hunt where we we can gather up uh you know kind of the the old crew and yeah yeah that would be fun you know have some more laughs i know people love watching you and i together uh uh, of the banter back and forth uh, me showing you you how to hunt you complaining about it uh, yeah you singing on the mountain me being irritated that you're singing it's it's something uh, it's it's different when we are dealing with something that's just natural like you and i are super relaxed anyway and we just have a good time and i think what we've you and i've come to we've done filming for so long we just forget the cameras there and it that, that's fun ideas bouncing ideas off each other telling each other you know oh that's a stupid idea you know or whatever but just it's, but that's what buddies do when there's no cameras around so i think people can reach across you know come into the adventure and say i can relate to that the it, misses it and be. we show our misses i mean it is what it is i was thinking the other night or last night driving home after we had dinner and i thought how fun would that be 
for me to pick up the camera and you to pick up the camera and go back to you know that style hunt when we did where we did back in nevada or or you know in the very beginning of our friendship where we would trade off each day filming each other and and, and you know catch we've learned a lot yeah, about fun. running cameras even since then um, I, I know I, I would go. I know. I know. I would go to that island, and that's where I would camp out. Remember that island there? And 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 it was like the eighth day we found this little island up. You know, we'd have Boulder One, Boulder Two, and there was that one island. We went up there for the day. We didn't camp up there, but we went up there for the day, and that's when we got on some good bucks up there. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't connect, but man, I, I think a lot of it had to do with there were so many bucks, and I yeah. don't know why all the bucks were hanging out. I mean, there was a bachelor. We had one bachelor group of like twenty-four bucks, and and at least two or three, four bucks that were one ninety, two hundred. I mean, there were some big bucks in that group. A sea of velvet, but we couldn't get close because. A forky has two eyes too, right? So, yeah, yeah, that was a good, was a good hunt. I, I wish I could go back and talk to myself at that very moment in time and tell myself some of the things I know now. Um, but, but, but part of the whole thing is is the journey. So, fun, fun times. So, what, what you got going on? I mean, this this year, other than uh, you're kind of hanging out for. Uh, April and May, like you're not going to New Zealand. Um, Looking for other opportunities. Okay. Yeah. You know, every day, it's all relative. Every day is new. Um, things, you know, you put it out into the into the cosmos and, uh, you know, that energy out there and hope, hope and work towards creating something. You going hippie on me? Something new. No. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's hippie, but, uh, you know, I've kind of found myself internally. Yeah. Of where I where I enjoy my life uh, balance. Yes, you know. I think that's the key. I was talking to somebody earlier about the when the focus gets off ourselves and gets on to either other people or you know just just off ourselves, and then all of a sudden balance is very easy to achieve. But if you're looking at yourself. I mean, try it in general. Go try and stand on one foot and look as deep as you can at yourself. It's hard to keep balance, but if you lift your head up and look out, put your arms out, you can balance. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Ryan and Hillary about kind of the same thing and how my daily routine is. And I spend, I try to spend a lot of time in gratitude um, mm. and and forgiveness of myself. I know that may sound a little hippie, but to be no, thankful for all the all these little things that are occurring in life and the experiences and the ups and downs, you know, there's a reason they all happen and, and they make me a better person if I can reflect and look at it on the positive uh, instead of dwelling. So I, I don't think that's hippie at all. I, I see that as, as wise counsel. And I think what's happening is through years, through time, through energy, through experience, I think I've, I've kind of come there too. Again, the gratefulness response is so much better than the bitterness response the jealous response i find somebody told me this a long time ago and i find this to be true bitterness is like drinking poison i drink poison and i hope the other guy dies and i'm the one drinking poison yeah there's no there's no time in it there's no time for that in 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 a a true nobody got time for that you ain't got time for that that's fun that's fun well, dude, it's always fun to sit, catch up with you, and um, yeah, yeah, 
Hollywood. It's a great expo Dave coming here. Oh, it's a great expo coming here with no plans and just running into friends and taking it. However, the day is going to take it. Yeah, you know, knowing you're going to see a lot of the same friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so you can you can follow his exploits at on Instagram Hollywood Dave O O, right? Facebook. Haven't been on it for three and a half years. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Facebook. I mean, we only do it out of almost duplicity to Instagram because it's just like you said. In my opinion. Instagram is a, a much easier platform, but follow it. Follow along. Dave's got some pretty funny. Your, your stories, your, your stories are pretty funny. I don't put a lot out there. But you don't, but, are... but but when you do put one, you're consistent. Like you'll you'll take it through the whole journey, unless you're uh you know unless you're in uh unless you're in what were that bottom draw or whatever in in uh, new zealand right yeah i had to stop that story and stop recording it because i needed to pay attention to so you wouldn't die to survive them yeah that was different that was one that i that i haven't shared uh you know the story ended at a certain point and that point um i learned a lot about myself because things started going downhill and going downhill fast and i thought okay where do i need to focus am i gonna you know capture these last moments or am I just going to focus on getting out because when it takes you six hours six and a half hours to travel 400 yards um, and your body starts and you were you were at a point where you were so dehydrated that you were not even sweating anymore wasn't even sweating. you had, had stopped sweating had no no urge to go to the bathroom zero sweat and you still had a ways to go. I still had about four miles to get, four or five miles to get back to the camp. Um, yeah. Well, good. It's good I to mean, see you, man. It's good to see you, buddy. I love you. Love you, too. Have a safe and, trip um, home. Yeah. We, we'll be heading home this evening. So you, uh, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. And, hey, stick around. We got more fun interviews and, and storytelling from Western Hunting Expo. Peace.